up, everyone, and welcome back to another week of 90 and 60 Plus, the weekly podcast where we talk about anything and everything about the beautiful sport that is soccer or football, depending on where you're from. Joining me this week, we got all four of us back in the house. We got Saul. What's up, guys? We also got Chris. Yo, what's up? And back in action with us this week is Aldo. Aldo, what's up, man? We missed you last week. How you doing? Yeah, thanks. Thanks again for the intro there. Uh, but no, I'm doing well. It's good to be back. It was a pretty interesting Monday last week for me. So uh, I'll let the fans know later as the episode goes on. But it's good to be back for now. Yeah, got some exciting news coming in for you. So make sure you stay tuned. All four of us are back this week. Although it is remote, uh, not in person like we were last week, but we will be in person more often that now three of the four of us live in Denver, so stay tuned for that. But now this week, guys, we got a lot to talk about, so let's just kick it off with our biggest takeaways. Uh, Saul, let's start with you, man. My takeaway, you know, uh, it's kind of two, but they tie into each other. Um, it's a Thomas Tuchel. He got fired uh, from his job at Chelsea, which... I mean, we talked about it, I think it was a week or two ago, where after Scott Parker got fired from Bournemouth, we talked about who was next, and I don't think any of us would have guessed Thomas Tuchel. So that was a surprise to all of us. But, but yeah, that kind of ties into my other one, which was about Graham Potter. He got hired as the coach, and, um, I mean, I've always raved about him. You know, I always said he was a good coach. That uh, I was, I'd was, i always be interested to see how he do in a, a bigger team, you know, that backs him a bit more, has a bit more money to spend. So I think it's definitely interesting to see what Chelsea does. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't think anyone saw it coming about Tuchel. I mean, I think they spent almost near $300 million in the transfer window only for him to be sacked into, I think, five, six games into the season. So it's just it's just weird to see. But, uh, but, but I know we're going to discuss it more in depth later, so I'll just leave it at that for now. Yeah, man. All I want to say about that real quick is the real loser in all of this is poor Billy Gilmore. Left Chelsea to play with Potter, and then Potter <laughs> picks up the Chelsea job, so I definitely do feel bad for him. But uh, not sure if you guys know this. This is brand news to me, or brand new news to me. I literally just saw this on Twitter. But Adam Lalana, he's going to be player manager for Brighton while they find a new coach. So we'll see how that works out. But as I said, we'll talk more about that later. Chris, what about you, man? What's your biggest takeaway? There is no Premier League games this last weekend, and it looks like that postponement is a continuing on to this week. Um, but yeah, sadly, the Queen of England passed this past Friday, I believe, a couple of weeks of mourning until the funeral. So yeah, no, no games this weekend. All I will say about that situation is England is for sure now going to win the 2022 World Cup in honor of the Queen, but... We'll see how that pans out in a couple months. Uh, although before you go, I'll give my takeaway very quickly. So I've been watching a lot of Liga Mekis recently because on September 21st, I'm going to be doing commentary for MSU in Spanish in honor of Hispanic Heritage Night. So I've been brushing up on my Spanish and my Spanish commentary. And I'm so glad I tuned into this one game specifically. It was Santos versus Querétaro. 3-2 at one point. Santos had a last-minute corner kick, which was scored by none other than Carlos Acevedo. You know, it's so rare we see goalkeepers score, and when they do score, it is normally offset pieces like corner kicks. But they got Mekis, man. They've been pretty notorious over the years for goalkeeper scoring. Who can forget that Moises Munoz header all the way back in, I think, 2012 with the final of Cruz Azul in America. And then 
immediately after, uh, Gonzalez, Pumas' goalkeeper, did the exact same thing. Scored a game-tying goal from the set piece. So, yeah, exciting football and unpredictable football down south of the border. So that's mine for the week. Aldo, what about you, man? Yeah, man, I, I saw that game. That was a great moment for Acevedo and Santos. Uh, and for me, since I am a Santos Laguna fan. But that just goes to show, you know, y'all talk smack about when I chose Acevedo um, in my, what was it? World team of the year. Yeah, my team, <laughs> team of the year, bro. <laughs> yep, he was my team. Y'all give me smack and look at him now. He's scoring goals for Santos and making crucial saves. So that just goes to show what I know. Um, but no, in other news, I mean, my biggest takeaway is just the awful refereeing that's been going on in, you know, in all these leagues. You know, we saw it in Europe. We saw it in domestic competitions like the Prem, like Serie So it, it's going on everywhere. Um, so that's still ongoing. It's crazy how these discrepancies, how big they are and how controversial they are. But something has to happen in that aspect. And then my biggest news, I mean, kind of, since last weekend, is I am a dad now, guys. So my child was born uh, last Monday. That's why I couldn't record. And he's a beautiful baby boy, you know. And it's very exciting for the future. Project Mbappe starts now, boys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been a it's been a while. Although we've had to keep your secret under wraps on the pod, but no, man. Congratulations to you and to your girlfriend and your little family that you have there. And all of us, or excuse me, all of you listeners, if you want to wish all the congratulations, you can do so on our Twitter or at his Twitter. I think it's Caldo. I don't even know what your Twitter handle is, but you can find him if you find our Twitter. <laughs> it's at Moraldo10. <laughs> so my Twitter handle is at 10 Moraldo. My bad. I don't use it that much, so I don't memorize it. <laughs> but yeah, congratulations to Aldo and yeah, making the 1960 plus family a little bit bigger. So. With that being said, guys, we're going to, I mean, how do we move on from that, right? <laughs> but no, we're going to jump right into the action from the weekend. Um, like Chris alluded to, there was no Premier League, but there was arguably a more prestigious competition, and that was midweek, the Champions Week. It's back, the first match week of the season so far. We had some big matchups and some big news to talk about. So where y'all want to start off with? I think we have to start off with, uh, I think the most surprising result of the week, which was... Uh, well, it was two, but I think more surprising was the Liverpool losing four now four to one. I mean to Napoli, and Napoli are a good side. It, by no means did you ever expect them to beat Liverpool four nil. Well, I mean four one. So that to me was just surprising result. And yeah, I mean, uh, what's his name? Kavra, Kavra Krivitsela. I can't pronounce his name, but he looks like he's a real deal and. Yeah, I mean, Napoli got a real steal at $10 million for him, so he looks like he's going to be a real deal, and they'll probably, if he continues this form, um, probably be a couple couple big teams after him in the in the transfer window. Uh, yeah, he's definitely someone to keep your eye on, and I think even more so than that, it's really worrying for uh, Liverpool. I mean, they just, I think the, the only game they've won was Bournemouth by a nil. Might be wrong there, but... Yeah, they just don't look good this season, and I don't think they've been able to figure out what's wrong with them. So, it's, I'm interested to see what you guys say about Liverpool. 
Oh. Quicha Cravacella. Yeah. Quicha Cravacella. I can't pronounce it. <laughs> well, real quick, um, I did I did listen to the episode you guys recorded last week. Um, and Shout how you out guys, Aldo. <laughs> <laughs> how you guys think the, some of your predictions. Um, so for me, everything except for the Prem, I, I left the same. But um, if you guys remember, my predictions for the EPL was City, Liverpool, United, Arsenal, Spurs, Chelsea. Um, now with everything that's going on, since uh, Saul mentioned Liverpool, I'm putting Liverpool kind of like last in that list. So my new list is now City first, United uh, second, Arsenal third, Spurs fourth, then Chelsea, and then Liverpool. So I think they're not even going to get in the top four. Uh, that I think that's how bad Liverpool is doing right now. Damn, Aldo. Similar to all of you guys, Liverpool, what the hell's going on with them? I mean, it's funny because you look at these two teams' transfer business they had over the summer, and it's completely night and day difference. Liverpool has strengthened so much, especially in the forward department, whereas Napoli lost so many key players to that team that was so successful last season. And you would expect... Liverpool to blow Napoli out of the water, but no, Napoli did the exact opposite. And I really do think, and I really do believe that a big contributing factor to this result was Trent Alexander-Arnold. I mean, we've said time and time on this podcast before how poor he is defensively. We saw that in the Champions League final. We saw that in the opening game of the Premier League against Fulham. I think he was just completely exposed in this game. Not only was he just playing bad defensively, but he, I, you know, I got the sense of laziness and the sense of almost just a bad attitude overall from him. You know, he was seen walking and not tracking back at some point, just lazy, careless. And man, I, <laughs> we talked a few weeks ago about if um, the English manager should take Trippier over Arnold. And I think after performances like this, you're definitely questioning if you even want Arnold in Qatar at all. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you kind of have to wonder what's going on there. Cause Trent, we've always said he has, you know, great attacking capability and and he lacked some defensive abilities, but it's just really showing popping off that canvas now. Maybe it, it's because it's a World Cup year, and you know there's a whole speculation about the the whole who's gonna go, who's gonna stay. Um, but yeah, Trent has to, como dicen, se tiene que poner las pilas el güey, because or else he's not. Yeah, he's not gonna go to Qatar, like you said. You can't have that kind of defending in in that kind of uh, stage. I hear what you guys are saying about Trent, but I feel like that whole Liverpool side was complacent in that game. Um, you kind of have to wonder, are they suffering from winning everything? I don't think they have the motivation to... Suffering from going. success? Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> they won everything, that squad. We know how good that squad is in... I don't know. That whole team looked very complacent and looked like they were not up for it since the beginning. Yeah, I think I saw Jay, I think I saw Jamie Carragher. He brought up an interesting point. He said um, he thinks this team might be fatigued because if you think about it, last season they made it to the final of every competition. So that means every game they could have possibly played, they played. So they didn't really get no rest. So he was talking about like if they're fatigued, because then also if you contribute their style of play, it's intensity, um, high pressing. 
you know, it's like a, a very, um, very demanding system that Klopp employs. And they don't have as much squad depth, so they don't rotate as much. So he was just, he was just attributing, like, is this team maybe just tired? And also, because uh, if you look at Man City, Man City is kind of similar, but the difference is Man City, they, um, when the game's over, they just keep the ball and pass it around the back. You know, they're not pressing. They don't lose it. The Liverpool, on the other hand, is always at 100%, at 110 intensity. They don't slow down, nothing like that. So it was a very interesting point by um, Carragher that he brought, brought up. So I think that might contribute to it. But uh, I also want to ask you guys, um, I know none of us saw Tuchel getting fired. So you guys think it's possibly Klopp? Possibly Klopp is on the hot seat? Damn, that's a good question, but nah. Really? I think he the pressure is on. He's been here a while now, eight years, I think. And uh, his team, I mean, he's not hes not going to get the sack, but he definitely needs to uh, improve his results because his squad is seeming a bit lazy. Yeah, it, it's the Klopp curse. You know, he was he's only been at clubs for so long before they start to kind of like deteriorate and go into shambles. I mean, look at what happened, uh, I think, at, at Stuttgart, at Borussia, and now it's looking the same with Liverpool. Um, hopefully that changes, but it's the Klopp curse, you know. He's kind of a victim of his own success, yeah, like like we we said before. Yeah, I agree with you. I think, um, I think he even mentioned the other day, how he's like, I don't think, uh, how he said he wasn't worried about getting fired. He's like, I think they really expect me to turn the situation around. But you also have to think um, that poor transfer window by that by their management um, also has to contribute to the, because I mean, it's, it's been known that they need squad depth. I mean, they've had a lot of injuries in the past, past con through injury crisis and then to not even, you know, just to get by, I think a total of three players and get one alone in they got Calvin Ramsey, Darwin Nunez, um, Arturo Melo on loan, and I think I'm missing someone else. But they got they. If you think about it, four players to reinforce. I mean, it's decent, but for what they've suffered in the past, I don't think it's enough. So I, I mean, I don't think he'll get the sack. I mean, he's he's um he's done so much for that club that I don't that I think they'll respect him enough to keep him unless. Uh, Unless it just looks awful, you know. Unless they're sitting like relegation spots or something, I don't think they'll get rid of him. But then the other thing I want to bring up is Darwin Nunez. I mean, what's been going on with that guy? Not even Darwin Nunez, Mo Salah. Like pretty much all their attackers have been missing. I mean, Darwin Nunez scored in the Community Shield and haven't heard from him since. You know, everyone trashed uh, Holland and was praising Nunez how he was much better and all this stuff. And after that, he's pretty much disappeared. So. You know, what's going on with him and Salah is also worrying. Yeah, I mean, that's a tough question. I don't think... Well, Salah, I think ever since he was handed that new contract, he's been lacking motivation, like Carragher said. But Nunez, I mean, he's new to the Premier League. He's not new to the Champions League. He's definitely going to take some time to adapt. But, yeah, overall, he's, he's still young. He's still There's still a player in there. And I think it'll just take some time. And the Liverpool fans are just impatient. But... I say give the youngster some time, and as far as Salah, I just say, I don't know. He's turned into um, Obama Yang after he got a new deal. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. It's interesting. I think the sure. worrying thing about Nunez is that he's he's had really poor performances to every single time he's come on. I think I recently saw he had a performance where he was rated 
2.7. And people were joking around that they're like, oh, he decided to his performance dedicated to like uh, the number on his back because he wears 27. So, yeah, but, yeah, he just had poor performance after poor performance, which I think is what's worrying. But ultimately, I think, as you said, it's patience. But at this moment in time, it's looking like they really overpaid for him. Yeah. Well, from one striker that hasn't worked out to one that has, Chris, you want to talk about City since there's no Premier League action you want to talk about? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we um, played Sevilla this Champions League uh, match week, and we did well. I think everybody expected Haaland to score, and he scored twice. His goal-scoring record is insane with Man City this season. And um, we also saw Foden get on the score sheet. He scored a pretty nice goal. Had uh, the defenders tricked. We also saw a goal by Ruben Diaz, which is a surprise. He never seems to get on the score sheet as good as he is defensively. But yeah, pretty routine goal. Pretty easy three points there. And uh, I was surprised. I thought Sevilla were going to put more of a fight. But this Man City team is too strong. Yeah, to Sevilla, you talk about Liverpool being disappointing. Sevilla's also been very disappointing at the start of the season, but... Hey, take nothing away from City. Holland getting his 24th and 25th Champions League goal. And I thought it was also very important that we saw Calvin Phillips get his first, feels like his first real official minutes off the bench for City. I think he only had, I think, two or three minutes previously in the Premier League. So it was nice to see him on the field for a good stretch of time, despite having literally a fluff ball on the top of his head. I mean, that just, that looks ridiculous, but <laughs> let's not talk <laughs> about that. Um, yeah, there was City. Benzema came off injured for Real Madrid in the 30th minute in their Champions League game, and Hazard came on and absolutely looked like the Hazard of old there for a second. I mean, he came on, he had the second assist for Vinny's opener, had a great run, assisted Modric, and then he scored, with Modric, by the way, scored a beautiful goal, beautiful finish, and Hazard kept off his performance with the goal, so looked like he was back to the old Hazard and stepping into that number nine role. But then this past weekend, La Liga didn't really live up to that. So the less said about that, the better. I mean, that Atletico Madrid game was pretty crazy. Oh, yeah. Hey, Griezmann not coming in until the 60th minute's paying off, huh? Yeah, I mean, I guess. I mean, on, uh, honest thoughts about this situation. We talked about it. I think we mentioned it last week. But what are, what are you guys' honest thoughts? I mean, we know this was Barca doing this to a player Barca would non-stop it wouldn't be talk. it would uh be talked about in the media all the time you know we'd hear about it all the time but since it's Atletico doing it at Barca people don't seem to care but what are you guys honest thoughts about the situation I think it's within their right to do it I just feel bad for the player because he's yeah. in the middle mm-hmm. but I, I just think it's within Atletico's right to do it they have a contract there's the spe- specific you know, clauses, whatever it is. And I know Barca wants to take legal action, but I mean, come on. I'm sure that Aleti's doing it after they, you know, consulted with their legal teams. Like, hey, what if we do this? Are we in any kind of legal trouble? Blah, blah, blah. So it's with, I think it's within their right. It just sucks for Griezmann that, he, that he's in the middle um, and it's happening to him. Because we know he wants to play more. He he likes playing for Atletico. But it just sucks for him. Yeah, I think Griezmann is the real victim in all of this. And, dude, Barca, they... I don't know what the lawsuit is about. Atletico's not doing anything illegal. I mean, it's a stipulation in the contract. 
So, so I was going to talk about the lawsuit real quick. Now, well, apparently the lawsuit, because I've been reading up on it, because, you know, it's like, it came out on the news, and of course, you know, it was everywhere, but it's supposed to be the lawsuit. How Barca interpreted it was that um, if he played 50% of the matches in the first season and he played 45-plus minute or more, that the that that pretty much would, they had the obligation to buy him at four, uh, for forty million, but that they could also extend it one year, and that would get practically give them one year extra to um, pay them the forty million. Pretty much, it, how Atletico interprets it is that he has to play fifty percent of the matches over across the two seasons and play fifty percent or more of the play forty five minutes or more in the in ball in you know the games. So it's like. It's very weird how they interpreted it. So, they, uh, I think Javier Tevez, La Liga coach, I think he already, La Liga president, he, he said it's already been submitted to court and that supposedly, I think six months, we'll find out what the verdict is and that it cannot be appealed. So, um, I guess in six months, we'll find out who's in the right and who's in the wrong. But according to Barca sources, Barca's lawyers feel very confident about um, getting the 40 million from Atletico and that. They feel that they're in the right and that he is that they're owed uh forty million. Well we'll see in six months who's right. But it's a crazy situation. Someone someone uh I saw someone make a comment there like this is like uh, when your parents are getting divorced but instead of fighting over you, neither of them wants you. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Griezmann's definitely the victim here. I mean but he looks happy when he does come on and when he does play. He is effective off the bench. I don't know if you guys saw the highlights or the game, but Simeone, dude, I've never seen a coach run with the team and celebrate with them. And yeah, I think they're definitely happy to have them. And I do think Griezmann definitely thrives more in Atletico than he does at Barca. But speaking of Barca, I mean, they picked up a nice 5 1 win over Victoria Plezon in the Champions League. Lewandowski. Patrick, sixth in UCL history, and is now the third all-time goal scorer uh, with the in the Champions League with 89 goals, only behind obviously the two top goal scorers, which are Messi and Ronaldo. But yeah, Pleasant not the strongest opponent, but going into tomorrow's matchup, actually Barca versus Bayern, you know, definitely looking to be a good one with the form that Barca's on and with the form that Bayern's on. We'll talk more about Bayern later in the Bundesliga, but yeah, Barca looking really good right now. Yeah, I think it's going to be Barca's uh, first true test for the squad to see how they are. So, as you said, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah. All right. Let's round off these Champions League fixtures. PSG, they comfortably beat Juve. <clears throat> Excuse me, Juventus 2-1. In my opinion, pretty comfortable win. PSG, they took their both of their goals. They were just built up very beautifully. But, obviously, Juventus was able to claw one back via Weston McKinney, the American who's Proven time and time again to be just so dangerous in the air, and he got the headed goal there for Juve to pull the one back. But now nah, PSG, man, I thought they looked really good. You know, when needed, Dunaroma and the center backs did show up, and the front line, they're just looking. I said this last season, so I don't want to jinx anything this season again, but this PSG side looks like a PSG side that can win the Champions League, and obviously Juventus isn't the strongest Juventus or the same Juventus as a few seasons ago, but now I think... um PSG can definitely be an, a dark horse at the very minimum this this Champions League. I was going to ask you, we talked about Klopp, but do you guys think, I mean, Allegri, he's not doing good. Do you guys think he's in the hot seat? Because, I mean, all I've seen online comments about him are negative. They just talk about how bad Allegri's tactics are and how he pretty much plays um, a ROM ball and stuff. So, 
you guys think he's on the hot seat, or what do you guys think about Allegri? That the Juventus coach? Yeah. Um, I wouldn't know. I I, I just saw <clears throat> the only Juventus game I, I saw, and that was a little bit, was that PSG game. So I'm not too sure what to think about it. If you look this season, they're in eighth place, but they've only won two games. They've drawn four. And yeah, they've lost zero. They're on 10 points in eighth place. I mean, all I know is that Juventus fans aren't happy with him and they would they would uh, want him to be fired if, as soon as possible. But whether that happens or not, we don't know. Bring in back Pirlo. In my opinion, he should be in the hot seat. He His football, from what I've seen, doesn't look convincing. So. But we'll see. Yeah, you said it there, man. I think Serie A and the entire European continent is catching up to that old-school Italian, or they surpass that old-school Italian football. And Allegri still definitely employs that. And it's uh, it's funny to hear you mention that because it's very similar to what's going on in Liverpool. They had all these great signings come in. Oh, not just this past summer, but also two summers ago, and it's not gelling. But I think a big contributing factor is the fact that Juve have never really replaced their center backs, that famous BBC. Of course, I'm talking about Benucci, Barzagli, and Chiellini. Benucci's the only current one there, and he's, I think, 34 or 35. They never really replaced the other two. They had to lick, but misused them, in my opinion, and they just never rebuilt. So I think their defense is a big contributing factor to that, but... Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, eighth place in Serie A, not looking good, and I think he's definitely in the hot seat. And like I said earlier, bring back Pirlo, despite all the shit I gave him for taking that job a few years ago. Yeah. You know who'd be the perfect coach, just off the top of my head for Juve? Tuchel. And Ernesto Valverde. Oh, he's in the the ball, though. Uh, I I think so. I mean, his football isn't that attractive. He wins games, and I think that's yeah. what Juventus want. I don't I know what he'd... they want there. I think he'd suit that style of play really well. But I think Anyways. Tuchel would do well in Juventus, but... Oh, that too, yeah. He's I mean, currently a job. <laughs> I mean, if you look at Vlahovic, dude, they just... He was like, he had like 15 goals before he moved to Juventus, then he moved to Juventus, and... I don't think he scored a lot. I mean, I think Allegri just doesn't know how to use some players. So. I think that's yeah. enough of him. We can move on. He's a fraud. Fraud of the week. Yeah. All right. So the rest of the Champions League fixtures, uh, Inter Milan, they drew one with that with uh, RB Salzburg. Rafael Leal continues to be very decisive for them. Ajax, they beat Rangers 4-0. It was nice to see Edson Alvarez score the opener. And... Sanchez come off the bench and make his Champions League debut for Ajax. And we already mentioned Atletico and Porto. Richarlison, he powered Spurs. Don't forget that. Jorge Sanchez got an assist, too. Oh, he did it, did he? Weekend. Yeah. That was at the weekend game, not the Champions League. Uh, okay, oh, yeah. Okay, my yeah. bad. Shout out, Jorge Sanchez. And Jimenez scored two goals over the weekend as well, so Mexicans popping off over in the Netherlands, but... Back to the Champions League, Richarlison, he scored two to Paris Spurs, 2-0 over Marseille, and Bayern, 2-0 over Inter Milan. So that's pretty much all the matches, and they're going to kick off right again tomorrow. And we mentioned some of the big ones with Bayern versus Barca. We also have Erling Haaland, he's going to come back home, or to his previous home, and face Dortmund as Man City take on Dortmund. 
But that's pretty much the Champions League. Y'all have anything else to say? We got Liverpool Ajax as well. That looks like a good match. Yep. Oh, Liverpool are going to get thrashed by Ajax if they continue to be the way they're playing. Yeah. All right. So that does it to the for the Champions League. As we mentioned earlier, no Premier League this past weekend. So let's go. Uh, let's go to the the other, arguably the second strongest league to the Premier League, which is La Liga. If you guys agree with that. Yeah, I think it is the second strongest league. I'd argue it's the strongest league. Damn. Okay, James Rodriguez. No, I'm just playing. Right. I just think, in my opinion, I know Chris is going to disagree because he's a Premier League fanboy, but. I've always said I think I, I think the Premier League is the most um, entertaining league in terms of football. You know, it's always entertaining. Uh, as for the best league, I really don't know which one it is, but I wouldn't I wouldn't say it's clear cut Premier League. But yeah, that's just my opinion. It definitely is clear cut. What I say? <laughs> Do you the rest of you guys agree? I agree. I agree. For me, Prem is definitely the best. I mean, you're a United fanboy. <laughs> but you just gotta. I mean, I mean, what a what a, what a surprise! The two Premier Leagues, but club, think club about supporters. It, when was the last time someone outside of Barca, Real Madrid, and Atletico won La Liga? Valencia, two thousand four. <laughs> two thousand four, bro. No, I'm just playing. I just pulled that. Bro, I just pulled that out of my ass. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> it's probably longer than that, then. Bro, nah. all I know is that um, whenever La Liga clubs face off versus English clubs in finals, the English clubs have won 20 out of 20 times. Is it 20 out of 20 or 19 out of 19? English clubs have won 20 out of 20? Is that what you said? No, La Liga clubs have won. Uh, oh, you, you said English clubs. <laughs> I was confused, oh, too. Oh, bad. No, no, Spanish clubs have won all the finals. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it's as clear-cut. I think it's a, it's a toss-up between both of them because I think if you put the upper half of Premier League versus the upper half of La Liga clubs, I think it'd be a lot closer than people think. I mean, the way I see it is uh, there's at least one or two top-tier players in every single Premier League club. And then, I mean, you look at La Liga. I think two top tier players are Austin Villa. At Austin Villa? Yeah. I think uh, Coutinho is up there. And I think Eddie <laughs> Martinez is pretty good, too. We've seen how good Buendia is. Douglas Diaz is up there, too. Douglas Diaz? Douglas Luis, bro. Oh, my bad. Oh, uh, okay, okay, two top tier players at Bournemouth. At Bournemouth, we got fucking. <laughs> Hold up, let me look at fucking Bournemouth. Because <laughs> they got nobody, bro. I remember when they used to have Callum Jefferson Wilson Lerma. Jeff bro, Lerma. Bro, he's not top tier, bro. Okay, two top tier players. Uh, let me see who else. Southampton. James Ward Prowse. Um, Yep, James Ward Prowse. I wouldn't consider him top tier, bro. Right. You know, not top tier. He's. I think he's. I know this could be controversial, but I believe he's overrated. I think he's a set piece specialist, and he gets overrated because of that. I think he's a good player. Don't get me wrong, but I think Premier League tax 
and English player tags definitely play a role in him being rated so highly. I can, dude. I can see Ward Prowse lifting any La Liga team. Bro, I'm not saying he's an awful player. I'm just saying I think he's overrated. Bro, ain't no fucking way. More appropriate word. Bro, that fact I pulled out my ass, I've been checking Wikipedia ever since. I was right. The last La Liga champions outside the big three was Valencia in the 2003-2004 season. No way. Yeah. (laughs) Bro. I thought thought you were right. I knew that time. I just said a random-ass team in a random-ass year. (laughs) It turned out to be right. (laughs) Damn. Let's see who was in this squad. I think they had some good players back then, too. No, I just think the Premier League is very well um, advertised and very well, like, just a very well-run organization, which has led it to um, be one of the top leagues or considered the top league. I think if La Liga had taken advantage of when Messi and Ronaldo were playing for Madrid and Barcelona, respectively, I think La Liga, if they knew how to advertise that and advertise just, like, Pretty much take advantage of that moment. I think we would right now would be we'd be talking about La Liga being the top league it, since uh, we had a dumbass president back there that didn't know how to take advantage of that. Well, that's the question. We're talking about in terms of the best league, are we talking about viewership and sponsorship and all this, or are we talking, I'm talking about, about? I'm talking about actual teams, and I think if you go team for team in Premier I'm League, about quality. Dude, I think if you were team for team Premier League to La Liga, I think it'd be. I think if you played them all of them, I think it'd be a lot closer than people expect. They'd be surprised. Uh, La Liga, I don't La Liga has a has a lot of quality teams. They got Barca, Real Madrid, Atletico, Real Sociedad, Villarreal, uh, Sevilla. I mean, kind of a toss up at the moment because they're not doing bad, but I still consider Sevilla, um, Valencia. And then uh, whoever had to face Cadiz, I'd feel really bad for because that Athletic uh, Club, Cadiz, Athletic Club Bilbao, I think they'd give a tough fight to anyone. Um, Vallecano's decent; they they've done decent. But yeah, I just think it's very. I think a lot of those teams would surprise you guys with their quality, since you guys don't really watch them. I would. Agree, but then you put top six in La Liga versus top six in the Prem, and I feel like there's no contest there. Bro, I think it's still pretty close. Closer than y'all think. The VRL last year was about was a took it took it to fucking Liverpool over the course of two games. Yeah, but I'm just saying it's. I think those teams would surprise you with their quality. I think you guys would walk away be like with the amount of money you guys have. And that, that each team spends per club, or most teams spend per, per their transfer window on the players, I think they'd just be surprised, like, damn, that was actually a lot closer than expected, or like, damn, we actually lost that. I just I just feel like you guys would walk away surprised with how much quality La Liga has. All right, let's move on to the actual fixtures, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, La Liga... This week is the better league because there's no Prem, so none of us can argue well, there, that. There is Prem this weekend. This past weekend, when we're talking about oh. the, some of the big matches, Barca, 4-0 to Cadiz, Sevilla, they picked up the first one of the season. We've been talking about how they've been disappointing, but they beat Espanyol. Atleti, they carry the momentum from the UCL win to beat Celta Vigo 4-1. Benzema out, but Hazard stepped right into the starting lineup, and Real Madrid won 4-1. Those are some of the big ones, but... 
Saul, I know you're the La Liga expert. You as well, Chris. Let's test your La Liga knowledge, man. Yeah, let's test Chris's La Liga knowledge. Chris, who's in third place right now? Freaking Atleti, like usual. No. Wrong. You're, it's Betis. You got to go all the way down to seventh to look at but um, where Atletico Madrid are. All right, Chris, now that I've proven you're a fraud. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Chris, up for fraud of the week along with Allegri and Klopp. Oh, but what do you got to say about Barca? 4-0 over Cadiz, Saul. I mean, you know, if you look at it, Cadiz has been awful this season. They haven't scored a goal yet, yet they can see the 14. So if you look at our past fixtures with them, I don't think there's, I think there's a team we hadn't beat since 2006. I think Ronaldinho scored the game-winning goal at that time. So that just tells you how long we haven't beat them. In. They've given us trouble in the past. I think they give everyone trouble because um, they pretty much play part the bus. They play like Mourinho, Mourinho's team, but worse. They pretty much just it's, – it's everyone behind the ball at every time, like legit. Like they're just – it's just awful to watch play against Cadiz. So, you know, to beat them 4-0, I'm really happy about. Uh, Lewandowski came in, uh, scored one goal and got two assists. So that's uh, happy about that. Um, but yeah, overall, good result. Um, I still think we have a lot to improve on, but good result overall. I want to start this new series on the pod called Real Madrid Get Away With It Again because this past weekend they got away with it again. Although they won 4 1, it took them to the 72nd minute to get the go ahead goal. So obviously they scored two more after that. And. Yeah, Real Madrid. They've been leaving it late on in matches, but nevertheless, they are still the only team in the top five leagues in Europe to be unbeaten, so that does say something. But Barcelona not too far behind with only two points behind, and Betis are only three points behind. Also, Suna, what the hell are they doing in fourth? <laughs> All right, so that does no, it you got to remember last season, they go, um, Real Madrid won their first 10 games in a row. So, yeah. This is a surprise bit. Before we move on, since we didn't talk about him uh, during the Champions League the week, I mentioned him, but Lewandowski, he did get a hat-trick midweek, and, you know, he comes on as a sub now, scores a one goal, gets two assists. So I was going to ask you guys, um, you guys think he gets, like, a different um, different reputation more, maybe more exposure now since he's at Barca? Because I definitely see a lot more... Um, a lot more, a lot more websites. Just a lot more, a lot more media attention towards him ever since he's moved to Barca. So I was just wondering, like, um, is that due to La Liga being a higher, La Liga and specifically maybe Barca being higher quality? Well, not Barca. I would have said Barca better than Bayern, but you know, just Barca being a big club in a bigger league. You think it's that, or do you just think? What do you guys think about that? Let's double expose Chris with his Bundesliga knowledge. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, because I've seen a lot of Bundesliga fans were, like, pissed off. They're like, oh, now he gets all this attention, but when he does it in Bundesliga, no one cared. So, just interested to see what you guys say. I think it has a little bit to do with the status of Barca as a club. I think everybody worldwide knows Barca. They're such a big club, maybe even the biggest club in the world. And uh, much, bigger, much bigger brand than Bayern, I think. So, of course, he's going to get more uh, exposure there. I also think it has to do with the fact that he just hit the ground running. He had a preseason, and he's already back to his best. Um, he didn't need time to adjust. He's Lewandowski. He knows what we know what he's good at. And, yeah, 
he needed no time to adjust. He just went in there and got the ball rolling. Nah, but I agree with you, Chris. Let's move on to, I mean, we're already talking about Lewandowski in the Bundesliga, so let's go to the Bundesliga. And there's actually some surprising news to talk about. Bayern, they suffered their third straight draw in a row in the Bundesliga. I mean, pretty surprising. All of us picked Bayern to absolutely demolish the Bundesliga this season despite Robert Lewandowski leaving. But no, they try, They tied 2-2 versus Stuttgart. So with that draw, takes them all the way to third. And second place is Freiburg. And first place is Union Berlin, who are still yet to lose a game this season. So pretty impressive for them. Hoffenheim in fourth. Dortmund in fifth. Dortmund, I believe they actually got beat this past weekend by RB Leipzig. Yep, 3-0. So somehow they're still in a higher position than them. But yeah, that's the Bundesliga in a nutshell. I think another thing I've heard since supposedly um, it's probably somewhat reliable, somewhat reliable German reporters are saying that uh, Bayern players are frustrated with Julian Nagelsmann um, because uh, because he doesn't do any self uh, self criticism, kind of what Coleman did. You know, Coleman always threw players under the bus. It was always someone else's fault, not his. So apparently, players are upset with him about that. So. That's interesting. I've also heard some rumors that supposedly Tuchel might be in line to replace him, but those were those just seem so far fetched that I don't think there's any credible evidence behind it. But it is it is interesting. Yeah. Now I mentioned in the Champions League uh reviews from last week that Bayern, bro, they're coming into this matchup looking very suspect versus Barcelona, and meanwhile Barcelona completely opposite on the high. So I don't know about you guys, but I'm feeling an upset tomorrow. I don't think so, dude. Bayern is the type of team. I don't think... I'm not saying Barcelona will win, but I just think Bayern is the type of team that always takes it up a notch when they're playing against one of these so-called bigger clubs like Barca, Real Madrid, uh, teams in the Prem. I just feel like they always... um, I always feel like they have a a point to prove since the Bundesliga often gets disrespected. So I think they'll be fine tomorrow, but I'm not going to lie. I would love to see Barca whoop their ass like 4-0 or something. Hell well, yeah. There is to hoping for that. There's been uh, this running joke on social media where Sadio Mane has been telling Thomas Mueller not to pass to Lewandowski on accident in this fixture. Oh, yeah. But hey, man, if you do, Mueller, I'm not mad at you at all. Oh, yeah. All right. Although you're back on the pod this week, so I'll give you the option. Do you want to go to the Serie A? I know you love that league. Or do you want to go to Liga so you can hit your infamous Moo? <laughs> let's get rid of the trash first let's go to Ligon alright Ligon obviously a very strong league y'all no I'm just playing although hit the moo <laughs> there it is there it is we definitely missed you last week Aldo but yeah man Ligon I agree with Aldo let's just get this over with not a lot to talk about PSG they barely won one now for some reason Neymar bags his 8th goal of the season Donnarumma with a penalty save to keep his team intact with the victory. And Marseille, they beat two, they beat Lille 2-1. Sanchez bringing his total to three goals for the season. And that is pretty much all that happened in Ligong. Unless one of you guys have anything to say Monaco, that I missed. Monaco beat Lyon. Did you say that? I did not. Yeah, Monaco beat Lyon 2-1. Uh, Indeed they did. Maripan and Badiashia scoring for Monaco and then Tocco Icambi scoring for Lyon. So yep. Not an interesting game. 
Yeah, dude, I'm surprised Monaco has been having... They haven't had a bad start to the season, but it's not the same start that I was expecting them to have. They're in seventh. It looks like uh, Takomi Minamino hasn't had the best of luck over there in Monaco. But, I mean, the season is long. Who knows what can happen there? But that's pretty much... Marseille and PSG are tied for points. It's only due to goal difference that PSG's on top. Are you serious? Oh, you're right, man. Yeah, look at that. Usually by this time, PSG already has a decent lead. That's crazy. All right. I said a couple weeks ago that El Classique later this season is going to be a good one. I mean, if these two teams carry on the same form, then yeah, it definitely will be. So, Serie A, let's just round off Europe's top five leagues. Um, the only it was kind of a flat weekend, if you will. I mean, both Napoli and Inter they got late last minute winners to get one nil victories. Juve they drew two two with Salernitana. I think there's a little bit more we want to talk about in that game. Milan beat Sampdoria two one. Leao he was sent off after being. Did you guys see that, bro? <laughs> he went for a bicycle kick and just kicked the his opposition defender right in the face. <laughs> Yeah, I saw that. Holy crap. <laughs> but no, yeah, nevertheless, but despite Milan playing with 10 men for most of the game, uh, they still won thanks to a Giroud penalty kick. But Juve, bro, did anyone see what happened there? There was some <laughs> crazy stuff going on. Yeah, it was a, it was a crazy game. I mean, uh, Milik thinks he has the game winner in the injury time, so he takes off his shirt to celebrate. He gets a... Not only does he get a yellow card and get sent off, but then the goal is ruled offside due to VAR and then Cuadrado and gets a red card from Juventus and then Fazio also gets a red card from Salernitana. And I might be wrong, but I believe Allegri also got a red card? Or am I wrong Um, about that? No, you're 100% right about that. Yeah, so this was all an injury time, but um, I think all of it was... um, I think the biggest drama came because Melik scored and he actually wasn't offside because there was a take, uh, not a take, but there was a photo released after the game which showed that there was one player from Sal- Salernitana that actually kept Melik onside. But apparently, uh, from a statement, not statement, but I think I saw it somewhere released. I think some Italian press released it that said, uh, apparently, um, the Serie A, VAR um, VAR officials didn't have that take, so they couldn't see that Emilic was actually onside, which is just crazy to think. Yeah, look right here, it says in the Juventus Salernitana, the wide image distributed in the post game was not available to bar Tavar. The technical body viewed all of the material, finding no trace of it, and got confirmation from the company providing the technological service for VAR, so yeah, they didn't have the view, which showed that there was a player keeping Milik on side, which, I mean, that just sucks. And, I mean, it's really pathetic by VAR, above all, to not have that. I mean, they're there to fix referee mistakes. And as Aldo mentioned it earlier, about the referee and being so shit around the Europe, um, it's just pathetic by VAR. And I think there has to be some sort of a punishment for them or something. I mean, this is... I mean, Juventus was robbed of three points here, so there definitely has to be something done here. So, looking over the Serie A table, I mean, it's completely different to what all of us predicted. We got Napoli, who some of us didn't even pick in our top six, but they're sitting in first, followed by 
Atalanta, Milan, Udinese, Roma, who picked up a 2-1 victory, I believe, earlier today. So Paulo Dybalo and Tammy Abraham both getting on the score sheet. So that's cool to see. Followed by Inter, Lazio, Roma, Torino, and so on. So yeah, that does it for the top five, or I guess the top four leagues in Europe for this week at least. But we are going to talk about the Premier League right now, guys, in the Premier League Pick'em segment. Although some matches are postponed due to the Queen's funeral in England this week, or excuse me, this weekend, there are still the fair majority of matches that will take place. So yeah, y'all, Premier League Pick'em. Obviously, none of us picked up any points last week. But just to give y'all a quick summary of our league table, 70 points is what Sowell and Chris have tied for first. I have 60, and although you're not too far behind, you got 56. I don't know how you're in second place right now, Chris, or tied for first when you haven't when you missed an entire match week, but that's just how this game goes, I guess. But anyways, first match on here, guys, it is Wolves versus Man City. Speaking of Wolves, don't know if you guys saw, but Diego Costa back in the Premier League. Very quickly, how do y'all feel about that? Dude, I'm so excited to see Diego Costa back in the league. He's such a shithouser. <laughs> Watch him be pissed off next week. He's gonna be like, "Dude, I can't believe Diego Costa did that to Man City." Then be like, "Fuck him." All right, Premier League pick him. First match on here: Wolves versus Man City. Will we see Diego Costa's return to the Premier League? Bro, I would love to see him come back in and absolutely out muscle and just bully John Stones and Nathan Ake and Akanji and all the Man City center backs. But actually, yeah, dude, that's gonna be a good matchup. Yeah. No, dude, I think I'm going to go for a Wolves upset here. I think, yeah, I think Wolves are going to surprise them. They've surprised them in the past. And although the two teams are very different now, I think, I don't know why. I just feel it, you know? So I'm going to go with my gut feeling. I'm going to say 2-1 to Wolves. Uh, I think Man City win this. Wolves have not been scoring goals lately. That's why they needed Diego Costa. But I think Man City win this 3-0. Yeah, I'm going to agree with Chris, I think. Wolves do always pose problems to City, but I just think with Holland, a lot of the problems are solved now. And I don't think Costa is going to get uh, I think he'll get his debut, but I don't think he's going to be a starter. And it's going to be interesting to see um, how they line up because the other two main strikers are out with injuries. And I don't know what his name is, Kalidisic or something like that. He saw he tore his ACL, and then Jimenez is out with a minor injury. But I think... Costa's going to get his debut, but I don't think he's starting, so it'll be interesting to see how they fare, but I think City takes it regardless, 3-1. Dang. Uh, I'm actually going to say this is going to be a draw at 2-2. Um, I mean, so said it best. Wolves always gives problems to City, and City, they haven't been at the best of run um, in the prem. I mean, they've already dropped a couple points that seemed... That was very reasonable for them to get the all three points. Um, so I can see it again. I can see another draw for them at 2-2. You know what, Aldo? That's actually a really good shot. I'm going to agree with you. 2-2. But after that, we have Spurs versus Leicester City. I mean, dude, all y'all gave me shit about saying Leicester City will get relegated this season. And look at where they are now. Bottom of the Premier League. They're the only team. Not the only team. They're one of the only two teams in the Premier League who are yet to win a match next to Everton, but they got one lonesome point, and Spurs, meanwhile, they're all the way up in third place, so I think this will be a thrashing. I think 3-0 to Spurs. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you there. I do think Spurs win this comfortably. 
I don't know what to guess. I think Lester might score one here. I'm going to say 3-1 to Spurs. Yeah, um, I'm going to go with Tottenham 2-0 win. And I, we didn't talk about it earlier. We talked about a lot of coaches, but I think Brendan Rodgers is in the hot seat. And I think, I don't know if he'll get fired, but I think it's. A, I think he he's definitely on the list of next coaches to be fired. So be interesting to keep an eye on this game. But Tottenham 2-0. Sorry, I was just waiting for some cars to pass by. Um, yeah, I got to admit, we did give a lot of shit to Christian for his Leicester prediction. But, man, that's quite alarming. I was not expecting Leicester to be there. Um, but, yeah, I'm going to say 3-1 to Tottenham. I think Conte is going to come out the winner with his boys. And Brendan Rodgers is going to continue to be in the hot seat. I mean, there's a good shout that if he does lose this game, and pretty badly too, he might get sacked. And next up is top of the table Arsenal, man, taking on Brentford, who is in eighth place. Um, Arsenal, I, it's been two weeks ago now because there's no matches this past weekend, but I think they lost. Yeah, they lost against United 3-1. I think they'll bounce back. I, we think we all said in last week's predictions that never came true that Arsenal would be tested, and we'll see how they react. And I think they'll react well, especially against Brentford. It's going to be... A hard-fought victory, though. I think it's going to be 2-1. It's Brentford and who? Asta. Would Team Gabriel Jesus left City for to win a Premier League trophy? Oh. (laughs) (laughs) I think, uh, yeah, Arsenal are winning this. Um, I'm going to say 2-0. I think Christian said the best is going to be a tough matchup. For that reason, I'm going to go with a 2-2 draw. I'm agree with Saul on this one. I think um, Arsenal gonna, are going to drop a couple more points to, in this game. I'm going to agree with a 2-2 draw as well. And the second to last match, it is Brentford versus Newcastle. Excuse me, not Brentford, Bournemouth. Bournemouth versus Newcastle. I think Newcastle win this one pretty comfortably. I think it's going to be 2-0. I also think Newcastle win this. Um, I can't even name two Bournemouth players. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Newcastle have been on the up this season. They got the new striker, Alex Isaac, and I think he may score here again. I'm going to say 2 now. Yeah, I'm agree with you guys. I think Newcastle wins it, but I think Newcastle gives them a walloping. I think they're going to win 4 now. You said 4 now? Yeah, I said 4 now. What do you want better? 4-1, Newcastle. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say 5 now, but all right. <laughs> All right, second to last, no, the last match for the Premier League pick'em. It's Everton versus West Ham. I think Everton get a narrow one-nil victory. No, not Everton. West Ham. West Ham will win one-nil. Yeah, West Ham have had a slow start this season, but they're slowly picking up. Their new signings are slowly integrating to the squad, and they do look much better than Everton do. So, I think they win two-one. Yeah, I'm agree with you guys. I think West Ham wins this. Um... I think it's going to be a hard-fought victory because Everton on the Lampard has liked to, liked to play counter-attacking football, so it used to be tough, but I think they pull it out. Uh, I'm going to say 2-0. Dang. Um, West Ham, they got to get a W. They got to get a W, but I think this is going to be a draw at 2-2. Everton hasn't been that hot either. So, yeah, I think 2-2 is very reasonable for them. They got 
they got goals against each other, so two two. And that's it, y'all, for the Premier League pick'em. Make sure you guys submit your picks to our little mini league. And if you guys are playing along at home as well, good luck to y'all. Remember the jackpot is fifty thousand dollars. Hopefully one of us here in the ninety and sixty plus community can win that. But there are some other big matches that are taken on in the Premier League besides the ones going on in the Premier League pick'em. I take that back. No, there is not because they're all postponed. <laughs> um, but yeah, other matches or exciting matches around Europe. Obviously, you have the Champions League midweek, but we also have the Madrid Derby this week in La Liga. So Atletico versus Real Madrid. That'll be a good one to keep your eye out on. Napoli versus Milan. Roma versus Atalanta. Those are two good ones right there. Fiorentina versus Hellas Verona. That's also set to be pretty entertaining. Over in the Bundesliga, Will Bayern continue their bad run of form as they take on Augsburg? Dortmund and Schalke, this is a, a cross-town rivalry in Germany, so it's good to see that, especially after Schalke was promoted to the Premier League once again this season. You got Borussia Mönchengladbach. That's what I said. You said Premier League, bro. Oh, my bad. The Bundesliga. Yeah. You got Borussia Mönchengladbach and RB Leipzig as well. Union Berlin, can they stay top of the table as they face Wolfsburg? And then over in the Farmers League, I don't think there's anything going on over here. Oh, PSG and Lyon, Olympic Lyon, that'll probably be a good one. And that's all, folks. All right, y'all, that's going to do it for this week on 90 and 60+. plus. Uh, thank you to our loyal followers. Um, there's a new video over on TikTok, so make sure you go check that out. And if you go to our Twitter, there's a new link in our bio, so you can just click on that to go to all of our other socials. Yeah, we'll see you guys next week. As always, thank you for listening. Adios. Yeah, see you guys next week. Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next week.